All right, guys, what is up? 51st installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. Tonight we're going to be talking about female entrepreneurs outperforming male entrepreneurs. That's according to Kevin O'Leary, by the way, who's spoken about this. I've heard this soundbite good 10 months now, at least. Um, I watched a bit of a podcast the other day and uh, he talked about it again. So I've pulled up a few clips I want to show you here in this video. And then we're going to talk a little bit about why uh, perhaps women are outperforming men in Kevin O'Leary's portfolio. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's the dude from Shark Tank and previously Dragon's Den here in Canada. That's where he started out. Um, and he throws money at uh, pitches that uh, go before him and uh, Mark Cuban and a few others. And uh, apparently he's got, four, was it 40 companies? There was, there was nine years of data that he had collected this from. So, yeah, we'll throw those clips up in a minute and we'll get into it and see what's, see what's going on there. I have a feeling there's going to be a logical answer to this, so we'll get to the bottom of it. Um, I think this will be a good podcast and good conversation piece for you guys. Um, if you're watching around the interwebs, it would be awesome if you head over to my new YouTube channel uh, and subscribe here. I'll just put it in the all chat. Um, I've created a new podcast channel just for the Unplugged Alpha where it's only going to live going forward. This will be the last one that simulcast of both channels. I've just been doing this for the last month just to keep you guys in the loop because I know not everybody watches every week. Um, so I'll be terminating the feed on the um, Entrepreneurs and Cars YouTube channel momentarily. So please head over to the Unplugged Alpha on YouTube. It is the only podcast channel where this will be going pretty much going forward. So yeah, it's all good in the hood. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, I've got a bunch of my gear lined up on my other desk over here for uh, the rally, <clears throat> doing the Ace of Spade rally uh, this week. We're going Wednesday to Monday. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the cities we're going to be in. Anyway, um, the main target is is Triple Dragon is what it's called, which is, which is part of Tale of the Dragon. There's Back of the Dragon. There's another part of that as well. And uh, we're going through the Catskill Mountains in uh, upstate New York. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see what that brings us. This will be the first time I've traveled outside of Canada since our good buddy Trudeau uh, took away our freedoms and privileges. So, driving across the border with seventy-five other supercars. If uh, <laughs> you see a bunch of cars on the interstate and highways in your neck of the woods, that's us. You'll see big Ace of Spades stickers on the sides of the cars. Uh, rally sponsors and stuff. If you want to follow what's what's going on over that trip, uh, head over to my Instagram, the uh, underscore unplugged underscore alpha, and uh, there's an a absolute brand new feed there, and I'll be sharing uh, a lot of stuff. I I got a bunch of GoPro batteries, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna try to like record as much of the trip as I can and put it on my Entrepreneurs of Cars channel. Um, we'll see what I come up with. Anyway. Um, let me grab these headphones and we'll get started with the audio clips and the sound bites of Mr. O'Leary praising his female led companies. Um, I did a, a survey on the community tab of this channel and, um, was looking for some feedback from, uh, people that had some experience. So I'll be going through that as well too. There's some interesting comments there. Um, so before we continue, you guys are watching this live right now on Entrepreneurs of Cars, your feed is going to be terminated. You're going to have to head over to that link that I dropped in for the Unplugged Alpha podcast. So let's remove that and remove 
and hopefully uh, we'll get you guys to head on over to the new channel and subscribe there. So let's get started here on some of these uh, clips. What should we start out with? Let's do this one over here. It's, they're not that long. They're under a couple minutes. Uh, share, screen, tab. What's this one called? I get higher returns from women. Boom. And share audio. So you guys should be able to hear this when I play it. Um, let's see what O'Leary has to say here. My volume on. Here we go. All right. So let's back it up and do a little commentary on this. I've, I've, I've got to pause it every once in a while just to make sure there's no problems with the, um, the YouTubes. Well, I've certainly skewed that way. I mean, I don't want to start gender warfare because, frankly, I'd give money to a goat if I could get a return. <laughs> but the truth is, if you look at my portfolio over nine years, and that's a long time in small private companies as a result of Shark Tank and all the auxiliary companies I get to see because of the Shark Tank platform, not some of my returns. All of my returns have come from the runs, ones run by women. Or so first point here i forgot to jot, jot annoy. he didn't say some of his returns he said all of his returns are coming from female-led companies um for perspective i don't know what the exact number is but from my experience in um entrepreneurs org in toronto there was 145 members in the chapter in toronto to qualify you had to be the founder of the business and be doing at least a million dollars a year in sales uh, i was in two forums uh during that time and um, I've had females in the forum. There's usually about nine to 10 people per forum and there's usually one to two females per group. So I'd say it's, it's, it's probably fair to say that somewhere between 10 and 10 and 15%, maybe as high as 20%, depending on the uh, region, are uh, female-led companies. Um, I don't know any of them personally that had gone bankrupt or had any strong financial issues, but they structure themselves in an interesting way, which I have a feeling we're going to get from O'Leary right here. Let's, let's hear them out. They're owned by women. And I speculate it's for two reasons. Number one is they're extremely strong at time management skills. That old adage, if you want something done, give it to a busy mother, turns out to be true in companies that are generally doing, in my case, between five and 500 million. I've never heard that. Um, if you want something done, give it to a busy mother. That's new. Sales. So small numbers, the average size is 20 employees. They're extremely strong at allocating the time skills of those people. But secondly, and this is the most fascinating one to me, when I look at the goals that are met on a quarterly basis, particularly in revenue on the companies run by women, they achieve those goals 90% of the time versus 65% of the time on the, run, the ones that I own. Run okay, so one of the points he's making here is that when women set revenue goals, which you're going to get from a guy like O'Leary, he's going to he's going to invest his money. You're going to take his capital. You're going to you know deploy it for whatever you need, whether it's hiring equipment, expansion, whatever it happens to be, marketing. Um, and then he's going to ask you, okay, well, what are your revenue goals? Like last year, you did five mil in sales. You know, what do you expect to do in the next twelve months? And what he's saying here is that women hit the revenue goals ninety percent of the time. He says the male-led companies only hit the revenue goals 65% of the time. Let's see if he tells us why that is. Run by men. And we've basically got about 44 companies in this portfolio and a long period of time. Sorry. So it was 44 companies over nine years. I thought it was 40, but it's 44 companies. Well over seven years. So by setting goals that are achievable, here's my theory. You get less staff turnover. Morale stays higher. And when you're a company with only 15 or 20 people. So he's saying that... When these female-led companies set goals that are more reasonable, 
and they achieve them, staff morale remains higher. Um, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I'm not going to vehemently agree with it either. I don't know that that's it. Um, let's take a listen to the rest of this clip and go to the next one to see if there's something there. And you lose the head salesperson or the person responsible for logistics. It's extremely disruptive. And perhaps that's why these women-led companies are doing a better job setting goals that are achievable and allocating time skills or time management in a much more effective way. And as a result now, generally in new deals, I tell the guys that are running O'Leary Ventures, skew towards the women-led deals. We're just making... All right. So that's interesting. Um, now, he didn't mention it here in this soundbite. Let's see if we can get it off... Uh... Is this one over here? What men can learn from female CEOs? Let's switch over to the next one. Because one of the things I heard in the other podcast that I was listening to, um, what is this? What men can learn from women CEOs? This is it over here. Uh, Chrome tab and share audio. Boom. Okay. So let's just pull that out for a sec. Um, so one of the things he didn't mention in that soundbite from that news interview was that men set higher goals than women. So women aren't achieving the same revenue goals that men are setting. They're achieving the revenue goals 90% of the time as they set them. What we know about the difference between men and women is that men will generally more often than not play to win and women will generally more often than not play not to lose. Similar sort of sounding thing, but they're not the same. Um, of all the companies and all the entrepreneurs that I know that have had hyper growth, like massive growth. In fact, um, when Profit Magazine was given out the awards uh, for the fastest growing companies in Canada for the Profit 50, Profit 100, Profit 200, um, there was some female-led companies that I met at those um, awards and the subsequent weekend retreats, but um, none of them were in the top I'm going to say 10 or 15 for sure. Um, I didn't, or, or, or I can't blatantly recall them. So a lot of the fastest growing companies with the highest percentage of growth um, seem still to be run by men because high testosterone, greater risks, you know, higher levels of ambition, obviously. And this isn't to disparage women or to say, you know, men are better or anything like this. Like this is just facts, right? Um, men are generally like there's a, there's a reason why more men ride motorcycles, right? Uh, men like taking risks. Um, women, not so much. They generally play not to lose. So he didn't hit on it here, but he did hit on it in the other podcast. And he said, men are setting much higher goals than women and they're not hitting them. Women are setting goals that they hit, generally speaking, because they're lower, because again, they play not to lose rather than play to win. So that's the reasoning behind it. He didn't mention it there in that clip. Let's just pull up this other one over here and see what we got on... Uh, the title of this one says, uh, Kevin O'Leary, what men can learn from women CEOs. Um, oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so let's hit uh, replay. You know what's fascinating? You both mentioned nurturing here for a second. I mean, Kevin, traditionally, there are a lot of people that believe that women were going to be too soft. You know, they're all about sort of the heart aspect when it comes to the head, when it comes to having to make uh, difficult business decisions that they're not able to do it. Do you feel like we're still sort of stuck in that mindset a little bit? And how do you feel like we're going to bring some of the fuddy-duddies uh, into the 21st century? I, I think what's happening here, uh, and we're just seeing some anecdotal evidence of it as we talk to these women, is they tend to set goals that are achievable, that, and therefore they have less risk in their businesses because... Okay, 
he touched on it there. Women set. He's calling them achievable goals, right? There's there's something called a BHAG. I don't know if you guys have heard about this before, but BHAG is an acronym for Big Hairy Audacious Goal. A BHAG is generally something that a company, usually a startup with a very small uh, staff, they'll plaster it on the wall, or they'll or they'll come up with these BHAGs, which are like pretty pretty crazy things. Like I remember we had some BHAGs on this Can You Imagine wall. So we had this wall in our office that said Can You Imagine. It would say things like, um, you know getting a uh, banner advertisement on the highway, uh, being featured on uh, breakfast television, morning news, uh, which we managed to get actually most of these um, now that I'm reflecting back on it. But you generally set these like higher numbers. It's like, okay, we're looking for 75% growth this year, which isn't normal. I mean, in a startup company, it's reasonably normal, but in in an older company, not so much. Like very old companies, GM, you know, Ford, Chrysler, Xerox, you know, stuff like that. They don't grow very fast, maybe a few percent per year, but they generally are highly profitable. They throw off dividends and they're great for investors. So, you know, a lot of those blue chips, um, you know, have themselves sorted. But where O'Leary is making his money is he's making his money off these startups that are growing and hitting goals. So he's saying right here, women set lower goals and they hit them. They, I'm going to use the word lower. He's saying achievable. But they're not setting goals as audacious as you know the men seem to be setting. They set goals that actually they can make because they just have an intuitive feeling that it's within reach, and they deliver. So what- intuitive, intuitive feelings, right? <laughs> men don't have intuitive feelings; only women have an intuition. One of the biggest challenges, if you have a lot of bravado and perhaps too much testosterone, you, you set goals for your employees you can never make. You want to feel rah-rah. You want to feel good about setting something in sales, for example, that you're never going to get there to. It is. And then ultimately, when it's clear you're not going to get there, you start to take an ordinate risk to try and make up for the gap. That's what I think is happening in some of the businesses run by men. And I'm listen, I'm kind of agnostic to this. I don't pick size. I'm just saying the results for me, as measured in the only thing that matters in business, cash flow, is on the side of women. I'm just getting more capital back. They've de-risked my business that way. And I think we could all learn from whatever they're doing and apply it to everybody so that men- So it, it sounded like from the prior interview that that he was talking about instructing his people during due diligence to really spend a lot more time on the female-led led companies because in the past they've generated better returns for him or the source of his returns. That's interesting, right? Because imagine the roles were flipped and- you know, somebody like him or someone else on Shark Tank, you know, said something like, well, I get better returns from men, so I'm only going to invest in men. That's essentially what he was saying in the other clip. Um, but I mean, you couldn't get away with that language today, especially on mainstream media, you know, TV shows like Shark Tank. Um, they would try to cancel his ass right away. And could take, you know, sort of a playbook from them and say, why don't I do the same thing? Because at the end of the day, business is about risk. You put money out, you determine what's the probability of getting it back, but not just your original capital, you need to get a return. And so I anticipated all of these businesses that we're talking to these women in, Wicked Good Cupcakes, Honey Fund, you know, they're, they're really good. And- That's the other thing too, like the companies that women run, they run in areas of um, like their expertise. It's almost like their hobbies for a lot of them. Like um, just, just kind of thinking back to my EO days. So there was a girl that ran a clothing company for fluffy white dogs. Um and uh, she sourced all of her clothing from China. She was Chinese, so she would go to the factories, order the stuff, you know, and then sell it in North America. Done very well, but, it, but you know, she had fluffy white dogs. It was something like, you know, she knew like the back of her hand. Um, I think one of the mistakes that I see a lot of guys make, um, and I see it in the School of Entrepreneurship now too, because, um, you know, I've gone through the first batch 
of um, students. And a lot of guys aren't picking things that they're totally passionate about. And one of the things I've noticed about women is like, there's this one other chick that was uh, totally stoked about electric bicycles. Um, you know, sourced a manufacturer provider in China, white label branded it, you know, started selling it in North America, did really well because, you know, huge, huge passion for her. another chick I knew that did um, uh, nonprofit swag, did really well with that. Uh, another chick I knew that got into, um, how do you define it? It was, it, it was a um, social and, and sports league because that was her thing, you know, when she was in university, right? So, I mean, you know, there's that to be said. I see a lot of guys try to start up things just to make money and or, you know, because it's because it's popular or it's trendy or it's like, oh, I heard, you know, if I do this, then I can make a lot of money. And it's like, you know, the the, um, you know, the copywriting guys, the, um, uh, you know, the guys that do like the uh, trinkets and uh, um, Shopify store, or Amazon, you know, deployment for men's jewelry or whatever it happens to be. Um I have noticed that women do move into uh, businesses that they know like the back of their hand. Bottle breacher at delivering back a plan for a higher return. That's what matters. We're not talking about these women being as good as men. We're talking about them being better than men as measured by return of capital. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, imagine the tables were turned and he said something 180 degrees opposite to that. Men are doing what better than women. This isn't about equality. This is about supremacy. I'm sorry. And, and I think we should all be looking at this and saying, what do these women do? How do they do it? And why shouldn't everybody else do the same thing? I want these kind of returns from all of my deals, not just the ones run, run by women. I want it from all of them. And so I'm telling guys now that approach me about the business saying, look, look at the attributes of this deal. Look at how it's structured. Look at the returns I've made on Wicked Good Cupcakes. Even Bottle Breacher, which is a brand new deal for me, is just killing it. And, and already... Here Wicked Good Cupcakes is one of the companies he invested in. Let me just check this out. Pops up right away as soon as you start typing into Google. Wicked good cupcakes, nationwide cupcake delivery. Yeah, like I've seen this a lot, man. Cupcake stores. Um, oh, yeah, these are the ones that are in the jars. These are like the jarred cupcakes. Anyway, let's, let's keep playing this through. Here we're talking about expanding honey funds to plum funds, which is a brand new, brand new platform. This is all growth. All of this is growth. So whatever they're doing is working. And I think it's hard to say exactly what it is. But the evidence is that they're very good at managing time, number one. They're reducing their risk and their volatility by setting goals that their teams can achieve. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And lastly, they've chosen markets intuitively that they can grow in. So, you know. I mentioned that earlier, right? They, you know, they choose markets like they know, like the back of their hand. That, these are three evidences that anybody looking at these from a Petri dish would say, that's what they've done right. And I think that's the way I'm going to measure as I go into start filming season seven in a couple of weeks for Shark Tank. We have 100,000 applications. Wow. I'm going to try and find more businesses like these businesses because they've already got a. All right. Well, he's given away the secret sauce to his peers on the show. Um, I like Kevin O'Leary. Um, he wrote a book a few years ago and um, he also tried to, um, I guess, apply or run for the Conservative Party of Canada, you know, the federal party to, uh, you know, become the next prime minister. But, um, you know, they they uh, <laughs> they didn't want him in. <laughs> Let's just say that. So, you know, he stuck the TV and in investing money, which is probably a better deal for him anyway, a far, far better deal. But um, I think he's a great guy. I've met him personally, actually. Um, if if you've uh, seen my School of Entrepreneurship landing page, uh, there's a picture of me and him uh, standing together at EO Whistler. Um, he's not a tall man. He's, he's, he's a little vertically challenged, but super smart, well-spoken, uh, smart businessman, you know, success leaves, leaves clues. So I always try to pay attention to and listen to podcasts. 
or conversations with people that offer opinions on topics that I'm interested in. So when I saw the thing about female entrepreneurs doing better than his male investments, I thought, okay, you know, the, both of those things are right in my wheelhouse. So let's, let's have a conversation. Um, let's see what's going on here in the live chat. We got a super from uh, Greg Paulus's question about watch game, thinking about buying a Rolex. Can you hit three birds with one stone investment network with other success, successful men get girls wet? Or do girls have no clue about watches? I'll tell you something. Um, girls really don't have any clue about watches. I um, I had this friend of mine that bought a fake uh, Bretlin. I think they're pronounced Bretlin or Bretlin or something like that. Um, he said it was like a forty, fifty thousand dollar watch. You know, if you were to buy it at that time, this is a while ago. This is probably um, I don't know, fifteen years ago or so. Um, put it on, you know, we went on our uh, trip to, uh, I don't know, we went Vegas, Ibiza, you know, something like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, women were looking at it and going, Hey, is that a Bretling? That's a nice watch sort of thing. And they had no clue it was fake. And if you took it off and you picked it up, it's heavy. I, I don't know if they put lead weights in it or whatever it is, but he paid a couple hundred bucks for this like fake replica. Um, so do, you know, can women tell the difference? No. Uh, but the high end watch market has done very well. Um, I've seen people make big returns off of um, nice watches. Not my thing. I I don't even wear a watch. Like I have, you know, my Aura ring and a couple other Viking rings that I you know picked up. But that's but that's really about it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really like watches personally. I've got a couple of watches. I got some Tag Heuer's. Um, the idea of investing in watches and wearing your investment in it. So. One of the cool things that you could do, I mean, if you have a Rolex that's worth, I don't know, a million bucks or something like that, you could put it on your wrist, hop on a plane, fly to another country. You can take that off your wrist and you can sell it locally, right? Um, you could do the same thing with Bitcoin on something that's very small and not as easy to identify and steal, right? I mean, if you're walking around with a million dollar Rolex um, and there's people that, you know, will hold you up for stuff like that, which you're going to run into in certain places of the world and, you know, cities, um, you could lose that money very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you know what you're doing, doing it, I, I, I don't do it. It's not my thing. Um, uh, what's his name? PJ Pijman. He's got, um, something called the watch trading Academy. If I'm not mistaken, I had him on a plane to win podcast a while back. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, his life and his, and his business with the cars. And one of the things that he's big on is, is watches. So if you want more info, I'd say go and, you know, go and check that out. So shout out to him. Um, what do we got here else in the chat? Uh, hey, he's a big risk taker when driving boats. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, Kevin O'Leary has a cottage up in Muskoka, which is a couple hours north of me here. And um, I don't think it was him. I think it was his wife that had a collision with their boat and she was drunk at the time, if I'm not mistaken. But they very quietly made that go away. Um He's playing to their tune. He knows he has a lot to lose. Unpacking. Okay. So that's that's the soundbite clips. Um, why is it? Clearly because women set lower goals than men. And it seems like when you set achievable goals for growth in an investment portfolio, as this is structured, as he sees it, women make a far better choice from statistically speaking. So why wouldn't he continue to invest in female led companies or at least encourage, like, why wouldn't you, if you know that encourage your male led entrepreneurs, you know, instead of aiming, you know, for the stars, aim for the moon, 
And if you miss the moon, you're going to hit the stars, you know, sort of thing. Um, that's probably a better way to play it, but there you have it. I mean, the other thing that's interesting about female led, led entrepreneurs, and I've got some, um, responses here from the community tab. I did a survey earlier this week, just to ask you guys what, uh, you know, what your experience has been. Uh, let me go slightly larger screen. Let me see if I can make this a bit bigger for you. So I ran the survey and I said over here, um, do talking Monday. So I'm curious, based on your experiences working in female-led companies, were they better run than male-led companies you've worked with for? So I'm asking specifically companies that you've worked with or for, were male-led companies run better or were female-led companies run better? And overwhelmingly, um, close to a thousand votes, male-led companies are run better. Only 2% female said female-led companies are run better. Now, the comments is where it got really interesting. Um, so this dude over here says two things about Kevin O'Leary came to mind when I saw this. One is a guy who's worth several hundred million dollars or more. He's in a position to only deal with the top 1% of women-led businesses. So that's true. Um, he said they have 100,000 applications for Shark Tank at the start of the season. They were talking about filming season seven. And of the 100,000, I mean, he's only got 44 companies you know, that he's invested in in the last uh, nine years of doing Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. Um, so not a lot of the companies get money. I mean, most of them by a very, very strong high margin, get big fat donut. They get a goose egg. So that's interesting. And that's a very good point. So he's only dealing with the top percent, top 1% of women led businesses. So only the best actually get through. I know there's some, they push through for fodder, um, because it would make for good TV or it's just some batshit crazy sort of pitch that'll, that'll do really well, you know, for the, uh, ratings, but for the vast majority they're only sending through, you know, the best led businesses. So the failures never make it to his doorstep. So his investments don't necessarily represent the median or average women led business. And two, judging from how he operates on Shark Tank, I'd be skeptical of if his investments are actually women led once he becomes an investor. So I'm sure he's not doing like it, if you're managing 44 companies, if you're filming Shark Tank, if you're constantly doing television interviews, if you're buying and trading watches, he spends a lot of his time down in Miami riding his beach cruiser, you know, up and down the beach sort of thing. Um, he's he's probably not very involved in all of the, all the companies that he's invested in, uh, but he probably has a team that takes care of that for him at this point. Um, so whether they're men or women, I don't know, but, you know, he's making a valid point here. Uh, he's very controlling and demanding as an investor and likes big ownership stakes. So he, so he most likely calls the shots behind the scenes and the females at his companies are most more likely just managers for his investments at this point. That's a valid point, right? Um, women will typically defer to high value, strong alpha type males. So if whoever is leading or, you know, whoever's on the board, that's helping them lead up and make decisions, you know, sort of thing. Um, they're, they're likely doing, doing a good chunk of the work, whether it's, a lot of it or a little bit of it, they're doing a good chunk of the work. I mean, they're offering their advice uh, clearly. So, but at the same time, you know, they're doing the same thing with dudes as well. So clearly by a wide margin, he seems far happier with female-led companies. This guy here says, the company I work for is a 70-year-old family-owned grocery chain with about $3.5 in annual sales. It was ran just fine under the leadership of the founder. His name is Bob. A few years ago, he passed away and left the sole ownership to his only daughter. She proceeded to slice and dice the company to the bone, 
ripping the spirit of a father's legacy to shreds. She recently sold the entire company of 200 plus California locations to an investment group from Southern California. Hopefully they'll write the ship and get it pointed in the right direction. One of the things I've noticed about female led businesses is um, female entrepreneurs. Okay. From, from the perspective of men and women and attraction, which is, you know, really what pretty much everything boils down to. I think it was Oscar Wilde that said something along the lines of everything in the world's about sex, except for sex, sex is about power. So one of the things I've noticed a lot, you know, when it comes to female led, led businesses is they, how can I put this? <laughs> I don't want to dox anybody. So they, they, they have a habit of getting involved with their employees way more so than men do in male run businesses. The vast majority of entrepreneurs that I know are dudes and very few of them get involved, um, you know, with employees in, in such a way that's risky. A lot of women, almost all of them, in fact, now that I think about it, have at some point gotten involved with um, an employee or employees. So interesting thing to note there and, you know, some of the differences, because a lot of the time guys get criticized for, um, you know, dipping the pen in the company ink sort of thing. Uh, but the reality of this is that actually, you know, from my personal experience, you know, an observation, it happens more with women. Uh, this guy says had female bosses and overwhelmingly they were overbearing and stuck to the books, whereas most male bosses were more laid back and keen to a lazier, fair leadership style. Um, I'll say in my experience dealing with female managers, there's been a total nightmare. De okay, so let me say this. Um, when I was in the collection world, uh, I don't know, we had probably six or 700 seats in the office that I was in. So there was divisional managers for each department for student loans, for sundry items, for federal loans, for uh, workplace safety board claims, uh, credit cards, unsecured. So there's all these different departments. So there's probably about 12 to 15 managers. Um, I was one of the managers at the time when I was in the organization and I reported directly to the vice president. So there's, there's, there's all these like upper level, um, you know, folks that have done the work and a small handful were, were women. I think two are women. They were so difficult to work with. Um, everything was like, you know, drama. Um, so-and-so looked at so-and-so the wrong way. It wasn't done exactly, you know, to specifications, you know, that they, you know, it's set. Or if you talk to them in a certain way that they don't like, uh, they never used terms like mansplaining back then. Uh, that's a relatively new term, but similar to that, they would, why are you talking to me like that? You can't talk to me like that. So that's just how it went sometimes. I mean, but, but some of them are real tough cookies. Like you would not want to be in a relationship with them. I couldn't imagine coming home to a, to a female entrepreneur, wife or girlfriend. And just like that would, that would just for me be a version of hell. <laughs> um, I'll say that my experience dealing with female managers has been a total matter. However, corporate America is much better suited for women than men, in my opinion. Not sure, but entrepreneurs. He's got a point. The way that corporate America is going right now, with the the wokeness of the inclusivity, the you know the rainbow days and all that sort of stuff, um, it's probably beta type men and women that are you know leading the charge on that. For being honest, I mean, a guy like me, I would. I mean, if I was still running my business and I had employees and I was taking care of all that sort of stuff right now, I'm a company of one and I much prefer it this way. I would, you know, if somebody said, oh, we have to change our Twitter banner to accommodate this month or that month or whatever alphabet soup thing was going on. I'd be like, no, homie, don't play that game. 
Um, but the vast majority of corporate world today, you know, rolls that way. Uh, I did get weird, weird requests from female em employees, often, uh, even like female led, you know, departments. I had, I had this one that was like obsessed with wearing her pajamas to work on Fridays for some reason. It's just strange. I was like, no, we're not wearing pajamas to work. We're coming to work looking like we need to work and get things done here. Um, this guy here says I work for a department within the federal government. I'd say our uh, denial region directors, denial region directors. Okay. And regional directors, uh, generals work harder than their male counterparts, but I don't think it's all productive. Okay. Interesting. Since 2018, I've worked with and still am working with big tech firms, but personally speaking, working in a team about female team members is a thousand percent better than having them in a team based on my experience. Okay. That's interesting. It's cutting off the end of it here for some reason. Ah, that's, there we go. Based on my experience, females can create successful businesses or businesses, but working under them is a nightmare for a guy who's red pill aware. Yeah. I've had a like, I've had a lot of private conversations with guys now where they actually either leave or they aim to leave the company that they're in because they can't take the brow beating. And the word that I've heard a lot is abuse. So I'm just paraphrasing that, um, you know, from their, from their boss or from their employer in situations like that. Uh, just see what happened to McLaren F1 team. When the daughter got in charge of the company, she had to sell it eventually because her management wasn't right. Says Alex, uh, I am working for a place that used to be run more by men, but it changed over the years. And now I think the managers and executive are mostly women. And the biggest difference between men and women leaders are the lack of professionalism by the women, in my opinion. Mm, I'll tell you what. I've I've heard from, you know, women. Hey, Coops, bend over so I can slap your bum with my licorice in the office in front of other people. Uh, I've never heard men talk to women that way on any professional level out in the open publicly, maybe privately. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a gap in, in professionalism here, you know, at this point that he's making, uh, the way they handle gossiping and other messy stuff is pretty much pretending not to hear and see anything. And if you complain about it, they seem to manipulate you by gaslighting you in a clever way and don't take accountability for their actions. They don't seem to care as much as men, in my opinion. And, uh, there's an issue where they use the same tactics as they do. So, these guys are talking about, you know, there's one guy that was talking about uh, corporate, one guy in IT, regional director of government, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, to O'Leary's point, the women that he's investing in are running businesses where they know them like the back of their hands. Cupcakes, dog clothing, electric bicycles, like things that chicks care about. Um, in the corporate world, to the, some of the points that these guys are making, yeah, they'll just it's like, you know, the old adage, like how long you've been working there? You know, that question you ask an employee and then, and then her answer is ever since they threatened to fire me sort of thing. Um, so he's making some points here based on his experience. Let's see what we got here. It depends on the business. Women in positions of power when it comes to construction, engineering, and technology seem to have chips on their shoulders. A lot of guys have mentioned that to me. A uh, majority of them only see these positions due to affirmative action hires and not from rising through ranks, which gives them confidence issues and turns them into complete... I gotta expand this over here for some reason. It keeps cutting it off. Oh, it doesn't even show it to me. Anyway, but um, yeah, valid point. Uh, just take Amazon and eBay for example. Amazon was led by Jeff Bezos, and eBay was led by Meg Whitman. Now look at their market caps. 
haven't worked around a female business, but have had female managers. Okay, nothing too out of the ordinary except for the suicidal cry for help when she sent me pictures of her weapon while she was drunk. Went over and talked about it, and then she propositioned me for sex. I'm assuming when you said her weapon, you're meaning her vajizzle. Um, aren't there several examples of companies led by females eventually failing? Yeah, who was that chick um, that got caught up in that... Um, government inquiry that blonde girl i can't remember her name right now yeah but she did a big number and and flopped everything um i work okay here we go i've worked for a female owners more than once and the bs has always been through the roof my wife works for a real estate firm owned by a woman and only has women working there it's a total nightmare she cannot jump ship yet due to the real estate rules in her state uh, crazy. Okay. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, if you've ever dated a chick, that's a, uh, real estate agent, as I'm sure you have done at some point, you will notice that they do work mostly with women in their office. There was one chick that I dated that, um, it was, it was an all female office. I think there was something like 18 and all I heard was Becky did this and Jill did that and that bitch and blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe, and it's like, I don't know how they live with that shit, to be honest with you. Um, but O'Leary's getting better returns. And he seems happy with that. It se seems like they're setting more achievable goals than dudes, and that's why it is. So there you have it. Anyway, I thought I'd um, thought I'd throw that in the stream for today just to see uh, what kind of appetite you guys have for that information. Uh, Julio says, having a female boss is what led me into entrepreneurship. Uh, I had a, a French Canadian fella who was, uh, who was the guy that, uh, basically convinced me never to go work for anybody else again. Uh, did you know, Matt says, I didn't know Kev played the violin. <laughs> Kevin, eh? um, sounds like there's a selection bias. These women are probably already filtered. Maybe a sample issue because they didn't say risk adjusted ROI. Yeah. There's another guy that made that point, obviously, but there could be an agenda on the TV show to bring the very best women forward, which gives them an opportunity to get the investment money. Um, you have a hundred thousand applicants and they want to show more, um, women on TV, which wouldn't surprise me with the current agenda out there today. Um, it would make sense. It, it would be interesting to know over the nine years, if it's just in the recent few years, like three or four years where they've, where they've outperformed, it would be interesting to know as if in the first couple of years, like in those nine years ago, um, when there was less of the wokeness and probably less of the, um, you know, mandates to have certain, you know, underrepresented groups shown on television shows that wouldn't, you know, normally be represented. I'm trying to be careful with my language. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we're going to do some Q&A tonight, obviously, as I always do. Um, let me grab the link here and I'll drop it in the chat, copy to clipboard so you can call in and ask a question. Now that's only posted to the unplugged alpha feed. So if you're watching this on Twitter, Twitch or Facebook or whatever, head over there, just search for the unplugged alpha. And, uh, the link is going to be pinned in the top of the message. Anything's game. Call-ins are open. Everybody, young, old men, woman. One of the, you know, fascinating things that I've noticed, and it still continues to happen, is, you know, people will always, um, 
you know, come at me with, uh, you know, well, you should handle things this way, or this is the way something should be done. Okay, great. If you have a better solution to something I've talked about, why aren't you calling it on my show? Let's have a talk about it. You know, like, let's hear what this idea is that, you know, you think is better. Um, all right, let's do a little, uh, ad roll as I always insert it's like a quick two minute clip just check this out pay some bills there's some uh, interesting stuff here you guys should definitely participate this episode is brought to you by the unplugged alpha supplement line Grondike soap company and Chad's face scrub brothers if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously you'll want to use the unplugged alpha supplement line an obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others you want to make sure you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients, and unlike cheap supplements from China and plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine-disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is an easily digested bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by their various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or just use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Men, I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine-lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Gentlemen, my go-to face scrub to keep this manly face clean and clear is Chad's. Again, it's incredibly important to me to only use products with all natural ingredients without nasty chemicals that disrupt male hormone levels or convert to estrogen in your body. And unlike watery scrubs that slip between your fingers, this thick face scrub with black lava sand gives you powerful results in one go. Visit getchads.com and you'll be redirected to the Amazon store you'll get 10% off when you use coupon code getchads10. You can find all the links I've just mentioned pinned below in the top YouTube comment. If you want to learn more about why I endorse these natural products to my audience, search on my YouTube channel for an episode I did with Dr. Anthony J titled Playing to Win Number 21, How Estrogenics Make You Fat, Sick, and Infertile with Dr. Anthony J. Let's get on with the show. All right. What's up? We're back. I'm going to throw this desk up so I can stand up for this bit. Um, I should mention, we, we added to the... Uh, Unplugged Alpha store a sleep supplement. Um, I've struggled with sleep. I forgot to mention earlier before. It's like, you know, while I run that ad, I'm, I'm drinking my nighttime, I'm not drinking, but I'm, I'm swallowing my nighttime supplement pills. And one of the ones that I use, let me throw it in the stream over here, uh, add the stream so you can see it up on the screen. So this is recently added. We called it Alpha Z's. <clears throat> and um, this should really be added to the uh, testosterone category because sleep is, is, like so important when it comes to your endocrine system. Um, so this product has uh, valerian root, chamomile, lemon balm, passion flower, GABA. GABA is great for calming the mind. I mean, if you have problems getting up in the middle of the night, you can't fall back asleep because you're trying to like work through shit. GABA is great for that. Uh, L5-HTP, L-theanine, vitamin B6, and melatonin. You take a couple of these before bed. I sleep awesome. 
Awesome. I notice the difference. Like if I don't have it with me and I'm sleeping at a girlfriend's house or I'm traveling or something like that, like I'm on the road, I've forgotten to bring them. I, I just don't sleep as well. So if you have sleep issues, definitely, def, definitely check out the Alpha Z product and it's all, it's all there in the store for you. All right. Um, let's remove this. We'll get to some of the call-ins here and see what you guys got for me today. Uh, Ab, Abhi? Ab, I might be pronouncing that wrong. What's up, brother? You're muted, by the way. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. I actually uh, messaged you the other day on Instagram and I made sure I was here. I want to thank you cool. for all the stuff that you do, man. I'm really listening to your book for a second time. Um, I had a couple questions. Um, you know, uh, I come from India, as, as my skin and my name says. Um, um, my question, I guess, is what, like, I've been trying to chase excellence and uh, been on the dating sites. It's been pretty disappointing, as your book says. Um, what is your advice uh, when it comes to uh, making bank uh, as an immigrant um, in, in Canada? I'm in Calgary, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it's a money issue for you, like you're talking about um, creating wealth. I'm, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm making decent money right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in sales, uh, making about eighty thousand. I'm Older? twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Um, so, w- what are your thoughts? Well, when it comes to making bank, absolutely hands down, to me, the best and only way for guys is entrepreneurship. Um, Really, the like your categories are going to be uh, STEM fields, science, technology, math, engineering, um, like anything with a professional designation that's a high income earner, uh, accountant, lawyer, surgeon, doctors, you know, dentist, uh, depending on where you live. Like in Canada, like medical field doesn't doesn't pay nearly as well as in the U.S., but you get the idea. So that's one area where, you know, you can make serious money. Um, high ticket sales, selling yachts, jet planes, Rolls Royce, exotic cars, you know, you can make a pretty strong income there. Um, high end real estate, you know, for example, um, definitely sports and entertainment. You're a high paid, uh, athlete. You're, um, very well respected entertainer. And then, you know, for me, it's entrepreneurship all day long. I've got a course, which I offered, uh, publicly back in April, the school of entrepreneurship on the was open list, for a yeah. week. It was closed. So if you're on the wait list, it's, it's probably going to open again, late August. I would grab it when it's offered again. Um, we've added even more material to it cause I've done some new lectures and I did a couple of interviews with some guys for some more insight. Um, but it's a mindset course. It's, it's not, you know, do ABCD and you'll become a successful entrepreneur. It's like, Hey, these are the kind of businesses that you want to look at. These are the kinds that you want to avoid. Here's what HR means to you. Here's what government and taxes and legal and sort of thing. So I cover all the main things from altitude, but it's up to you to, to come up with the idea that's, that's going to make you that, you know, those millions and create the wealth. There's support in the group. There's a private Facebook page and there's uh, zoom calls, you know, Q and a, I did one earlier today for 90 minutes. I did one on Sunday night for 90 minutes. So you get lots of opportunity to get feedback. That's what I would do. A lot of guys go and spend, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars on a business education, and they get lectured by some dork that, that has probably never really done it. With some exceptions, I mean, there's probably some professors I would imagine, Stanford, Harvard, you know. But your local colleges and university in uh, Canada, my experience personally, when I took the business course, was a waste of time. The guy that was teaching the business course didn't know shit. I, I learned nothing there. I would have been better off taking that money and using it to try to start a business. That's why I say like, you know, the cost of entry to get my course is 
fucking peanuts compared to what some people are paying, you know, for, for an education with little letters after name in business. Most guys don't use anything they're, they're told in uh, school for that. And you don't need a degree to be a successful entrepreneur. And in fact, we've seen this several times on many different television shows where they'll put like the degreed entrepreneurs up against the ones that didn't even fill it, finish college or high school. And the ones that didn't finish college or high school do far better than the degreed entrepreneurs carrying law degrees, accounting degrees, business degrees, all that sort of stuff. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to get that course, but I'm never a fan of school myself. I had to get into school because of the, you know, immigration laws and mm -hmm. kind of get into the country. And it was like the only route from, from people coming from India. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to brainstorm the ideas and uh, definitely want to go that entrepreneurship route. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to brainstorm the idea. One more question I have uh, when it comes to dating. Yeah. Um, women, especially in Alberta, as you as you know, uh, don't seem to to be well aware of, you know, um, especially people from India. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I want to say we, we don't have the best reputation. Um, um what so like i am i was with a girl she is two years older than me she has all the green flags uh that you talked about in your mm. video um but the only thing is she's two years older than me and i think i messaged you about that on instagram what what what's your advice on that i wouldn't get too caught up in dating at 22 man it's like you know, you're talking about relationships and, you know, I'm talking to this girl that's a couple years older, blah, blah, blah. I'd be asking questions like, what kind of business can I start? You know, what do successful entrepreneurs right. do? What did Kevin O'Leary do to make his money where he can deploy it in investments? What did Richard Branson do? What did um, Shoe Dog's a great, you know, book, by the way. It's a book about Nike. So, like, there's lots of resources out there that you'd be better off consuming than how do I get the girls to talk to me, you know, sort of thing. To the point of how do I get the girls to talk to me? Um, where do you live in um, Alberta? You said you're Calgary? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just just to uh, further clear that point, she is actually, uh, she shows genuine burning desire for yeah, me. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, I, I don't want to pay too much attention because I do want mm. to kind of get myself figured out first. Yeah, so um, don't give her every day of the week, obviously, you know, make sure you're on your grind, your mission and see her when it's convenient for you. I mean, okay. who cares? Like you're 22, the chances of you being with her in, in 10 years time based on stats out there are exceptionally low. But I mean, you said that you're having a hard time dating out there. So what's going on? Like when you are dating? Um, I have no problem going up to a girl asking for a number. That's mm -hmm. no problem at all. No confidence issues. Um, the only thing is I have not good success rate on the dating apps mm. what's the um i mean if you get 20 conversations going like how many dates you actually get like in real life um face to face it's it's the exact same thing that you mentioned in your book um you know if you rate yourself um from one to six mm. or six or below then you're you're not gonna get a lot of matches and mm. that's the case for me and you're gonna get low quality matches too exactly Very and those i don't matches. want um but on the other hand if i am outside uh, you know when i ask and i'm you know i approach a girl then that's that's a little easier well look man like bottom line 
you already know this, but like I've got an Asian guy in my community and he's like flat out, like it's way harder for me, but this is how I overcome it, you know, sort of thing. So you're going to be at a disadvantage. You said that you haven't maxed out obviously on your mm-hmm. SMV. So on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the best version of yourself and one being the worst, where do you put yourself? Um, I, I, I'd say six, to, six to seven. Okay. So, I mean, like you've got room to improve where, like, is it uh, self-care? Is it money? Like, are you fat? Like, um, you don't look like you're heavy from this angle. No, I'm, I'm not the fattest. Not, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am working on my body for sure. Um, money, I'm not making the best money yet. Well, don't I'm kid yourself. I mean, 80 grand for a 22 year old, it ain't shit. It's not awesome though. Right. Right. Like I've talked to some 22 year olds that make 300,000, 500,000, like they make great money. Um, so it really depends on what you get into, but you're look, I mean, if you want to have better success with women, the bottom line is make sure that you're the most successful person that you can be. And then you're going to have more women to choose from, right? Because women don't want to date losers, right? You know what I always say, women hang out at the finish line and they pick the winner. So be the winner at the finish line in as many areas you possibly can. That's why I'm saying chase excellence is more important than, well, Rich, what about this girl that's two years older than me? Who cares? I mean, if she's in your frame, she likes you, she wants to hang out with you, she wants to date you, she, you know, she wants, you know, you guys are being intimate, you're having a good time, do it all, fine, but don't let her get in the way of you and your goals, okay? Maybe she'll be the mother of your kids. Maybe she won't be. Who cares, right? The point is, is when you put yourself first and you go and strive for that excellence, you're going to have more opportunities in life in every area. Whether it's you want to exercise it with your current option, you want to take on new options, or you want to replace them all, it's entirely up to you. The better that you are, like, did you ever see those memes, you know, where they have like a picture of a guy? It's like, you know, like if I could screenshot you right now and then like put you in front of a trailer park and it's like, you know, the caption is the haircut of men that women don't like. And then I can take the exact same picture and I can superimpose it in front of a mansion with three Ferraris lined up in front and a water fountain and white doves flying and all that sort of stuff. And it'll say underneath it, the haircut of men that women love, right? And the only difference is the success. Exactly. It's the exact same dude. Love it. The only difference and, is the uh, success. And one more question. I actually saw this um, uh, one old video of yours that I can No, you're cutting out. I'm not sure what happened. Um. His screen is totally frozen on my end. I don't know what you guys are seeing, but I'm just going to pull him out for now and just deal with a couple of these super chats. Hey, Rich, money aside, what would be an appropriate age to dating seriously? Date whenever you can get a date, dude. I mean, you know, if you can get a date at 19, go for it. You know, if you got to wait till 25, go for it. Why wouldn't you want to date and be intimate with uh, women? Like female company is great. Don't don't kid yourself. Like those, those people that are like, oh, women suck. Women don't suck when you've got your shit together, when you're an unplugged alpha, okay? They're not. They don't suck. So just date whenever you feel it's appropriate for you. There's no like, oh, I need Rich's permission to do it at 21 and a half or anything like that. Just do it. I mean, I didn't really start dating until I was, what, 19, I think? 19? About that? I would have loved to have, uh, you know, gone on dates prior to that. I had a cool motorcycle and all kinds of shit, man. Would have been fun. Um, LD, isn't Kevin speaking from the perspective of an investor looking for undervalued opportunities when women aren't as able as he is, wouldn't that be the big part of what he likes? So, yeah, I mean, he's an opportunist, obviously. I mean, you're investing in companies. He wants to get the maximum chunk of the business that he can for the minimum amount of money that he puts into it. Um, 
I don't know that he bullies them. There's some bullying that goes on on the shows. Maybe some of it's manufactured for TV. Maybe some of it's actual real. I would probably err on the side of it being more real than not. Um, but it, but it is TV. Okay. Like they, like they do things on TV to improve ratings. And if they know that they can, um, you know, spark it, you know, spark the flame, you know, if you will, you get the idea. Um, all right, cool. So that link to join in and ask a questions pin at the top of the live chat, just says call in and ask a questions to stream your link. All right, let's give uh, big guy a shout out here and bring him on. What do you got for me, big guy? Hey, dude, can you hear me? Yeah, which question tonight? Um, yeah, so long time follower, first time on the show, definitely get the book. Um, got the grunt, the tactical soap here as well. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I guess all this uh, red pill stuff definitely changed me how I approach dating now. Before I used to be, have the one nightist and you cry over all these women and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you definitely got to work on yourself and uh, put yourself first. And Is this a share or did you have a question tonight for me? Oh, anyways. Um, yeah, so I'm a plumber by trade and I'm just sick of being in the in the grindhouse just working for the man and working mm-hmm. by the hour and you can see how much they're making off me and it's pissing me off so i wonder if you have any tips for guys that are in the trade to become entrepreneurs and what do they pay you hourly right now 33 an hour and then what does your boss bill you out at like 160 (laughs) (laughs) for real yeah so he's making 130 dollars an hour off you basically yeah and they do just keep micromanaging us and whipping us and i'm just mentally exhausted after a while so okay so what's stopping you from just going out on your own and you know running your own business i guess it's just the fear of uh finding clients and um i guess uh let me ask you this question how much how much money do you think your boss makes annually well i can see it it's on my tablet every day how much i make and if you're not that billable hourly rate they kind of ream you out and want you to work harder how much? Um, How many hours are you billing they, for them daily? So they want three billable hours. So was about three grand a day, and okay. that's pretty much what I make in two weeks. So <laughs> okay, kicking the teeth. So I was. But there's I, but there's equipment. There's your, uh, trucks. There's insurance. There's gas. Oh, there's yeah, warehousing. There's storage. Yeah. There's tax liabilities. There's all kinds yeah. of other you know source deductions, right? Well, so, I listen to your, your advice. Is he, is he profitable <laughs> is what I'm asking. Like, does he, you yeah. know, does he drive in his car? Does he have a boat? Does he have a lake house, oh, a yeah. cottage? They were in Israel for a whole month, last month. So, okay. so um, again, I, so I mean, like the question that I would have for you is, is why don't you go and start up your own plumbing company then if, if you know, you can earn that kind of a living where you live? Because if you're pissed um, off about I, it, you're not mad enough to quit yet. I guess I took your advice and I started, I downloaded Audible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the business side of things. Like I'm a great plumber. You can be mm-hmm. a great plumber, but you're just creating yourself a job. Yeah. So you got to be a, a good business person. And that's the part where I'm lacking. Well. So if you could suggest maybe some audible books while I'm working, I could listen to you. That'd be cool. 
<clears throat> the, yeah, 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 got it, got it. So, so I mean, like the thing with plumbing is that it's a trades. Uh, it's there's always going to be demand for it, and from what I understand, there's a shortage. Like, is there a shortage of uh, licensed plumbers? Yeah, we can't. We can barely hire anyone, so I'm kind of okay. valuable to the company. But okay, so I mean, like one of the things you said is that you know he's billing me out for three hours a day, and I'm busy every day of the week, and we can't find people. And then you're worried about being able to find business. It sounds to me like there's no <laughs> shortage of business out there. Yeah, I guess. Eh? It's just taking that first step into the business world is what I'm scared yeah. of. I'm not scared. But of I mean, it's work. a time for money business, though. Like you understand that, right? Like you can't. You can't multiply because I mean, if the if the going rate for plumbers is 160 bucks an hour, maybe yeah. you can offer some premium service, some upsells, make a little bit of extra money. But basically, you're making 160 bucks an hour. There's 24 hours in a day. You got to sleep some of them. You got to eat. You got other things you got to do. So yeah. you're only going to be able to bill out so many hours. You can only hire so many people to bill out so many hours. So yeah, you'll make a pretty good living. There was there was somebody in here in the chat that said something like. Uh, uh, he was talking about, I was a plumber from age nine to 19 and I saw my dumb father run a business with three people, four trucks, making 120 grand a year. Right. So three mm -hmm. people, four trucks, 120 grand. I don't know how old this guy is right now, but you know, if that was 20 years ago, then 120 grand a year was still, you know, like, okay money. It wasn't great money. Yeah. Right. I mean, you really want to be running a business that's going to be making over a million dollars a year if you're going to run a business. That's just my take yeah. on it. That's that's how I structured the School of Entrepreneurship when I was inviting the students, you know, when they're watching the lectures to think about businesses that are not going to be time for money businesses. So that's yeah. one of the one of the errors in it. Totally respectable, you know, profession. You're going to make decent money. You're going to be able to provide. One of the other downsides too is you could be like a chick spinning plates as they do right and she's dating big guy the plumber right and you know he's got <laughs> his own business and he's making 160 grand a year he's got a good yeah. income but if she was also dating you know um zev the uh lawyer um who's a first year student making eighty thousand dollars a year whatever they start off with i don't know she'll probably pick the lawyer guy if you guys are on equal pairing just simply oh, because already, yeah. a lawyer is going to look better on her arm at Thanksgiving than big guy, the plumber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So that's one of the other problems too, with the trades, but Hey man, you, you know, like we need it, respect you for it. Did you say that you had another question? Oh, it's just, uh, finding some audible books that would get me into the business mindset. I would so I listen to it at work. And, I would uh, listen to losing my virginity, which is Richard Branson's uh, story. Okay. Uh, just because it's, it's, it's got so many different facets, you know, to the story. It's not just, you know, here's how to get into real estate. Like it's more about the mindset of an entrepreneur. And the thing you have to understand about entrepreneurship is it's a, it's a problem solving job. Like the most important skill that you, that you have to have, I feel anyways, you have to be able to solve problems because that's what your job is. There's just shit coming at you. There's legal issues. Oh. There's accounting issues. Yeah. The government's up your ass over something. You've got an employee that's complaining about something. You've got a a labor board issue like you're going to be dealing with a lot of stuff simultaneously right so you have to be a very good problem solver yeah that's what plumbers are for <laughs> and, and, you know i imagine you know that's that's what you do like you show up that's okay exactly i've got this water problem yeah. i have to problem yeah. solve this now and how do i fix it right so yeah you like you've trained your mind to be that now you just have to expand it on a greater role but listen to uh richard branson's losing my virginity on audible you'll like it right on okay, okay? all right buddy take yeah. care all right. Um, 
Do, do, do. All right, I got uh, Bob in the house, and he wants to talk about how to deal with a disrespectful wife. Hey, Bob, are hey, you in Archie. Amish country? What? Are you in Amish country? Amish country? Why would you say that? I'm in Florida. No, man, the beard, because I was watching this uh, YouTube series, and this guy went to Amish country, and they have a very similar beard. Oh, with the with the mustache removed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just cut it today. Okay. All right. So you've got a disrespectful wife. So what's happening? So I'm 27 now. Uh, I was 25 when I was dating her. Um, and one thing that I noticed now that I'm red pilled, um, mm -hmm. which was, I, I found your content after I got married, which was a okay. year and a half ago, yeah. um, was like, we were at a date and I told her, well, I, uh, I love wearing my Trump hat out in public. I just think mm -hmm. it was the, you know, make America great or keep America great, you know, Trump 2020 hat. Yeah. So um, she's like, oh, well, you can't wear that when we're going out in public together. Mm. And I was like, well, that's my First Amendment, right? Like, that's too bad. She's like, no, but, but I, I, you, you can't, you, you, you can't do that. And I mm -hmm. think I went with it at first. And then I had my doubts. I was like, is she going to keep on talking to me like this? Mm. And then I mean, recently we've been having arguments over stupid stuff. Have you read my book? I've listened to almost, or I've watched almost all of your videos. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've probably mentioned it in a video before, but men go through betatization through a thousand concessions. So that's an example of one concession there, yeah, right? Know. It's like, I like my Trump hat. She doesn't like your Trump hat. She tells you to stop wearing the Trump hat. So you go, okay. Right. And then you comply. So that, <laughs> so that would be one concession. So. This is an example for those of you that are watching of what one concession looks like in betatization through a thousand concessions. So I'm willing to bet since she said she's disrespectful, she's done this more than once. Well, what we've, I mean, recently we've been having like stupid arguments. I mean, yeah, like now I have the let's go Brandon hat. So she won't allow, let me to wear, you know, wear that in public or even when I'm out mowing the lawn, because she's like, Oh, I don't want our neighbors to see that, that, that you're, you haven't let's go Brandon with the FJB on the side. Mm -hmm. And like recently it's just been stupid stuff. Like tonight it was the toilet seat. Like she was like, you have to put the toilet seat down after you use the toilet. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, look, I value it. I know girls are like, they're, they're like that, whatever. I was speaking to someone else who was like in my, in a similar position to me. He's like, yeah, dude, like married men go through this with the toilet seat. I was like, okay, like she's been asking me for the past year and a half about the toilet seat. I told her, look, I, I can't like remember every time I go to the bathroom in any ways I work. Okay. Okay. Home. Okay. So, I got some questions for you. Cause I, yeah. cause I think I understand where you're at. So you're 27 now. I'm, I'm 27. And how old is she? Uh, 26. Okay. And what do you do for a living? Um, I'm in, uh, I'm in the aerospace industry. Okay. And what does the missus do? Uh, she's a teacher. Shocking. Yeah. I, I, I feel like she talks down to me as a teacher and I'll be honest, like even once I mentioned to her, like, Oh, there's, I was doing research, like do all marriages suck. And then I, uh, I'll I tell you what the problem is, Bob, is that, is that yes, you're unplugged, but you're still a beta and and every day, every week, every year that goes by, she's betatizing you further. So you see the code in the matrix, you know what she's doing, you know, you understand the concept, but you allow it to happen. So you're still kind of oh, like so, so I've, I've recently living in the matrix. Up. So, so I, I've been standing up recently. Like, I've, Okay. And how's that working out for you? Basically, I'll say like, like for the toilet seat, I was like, 
look, like I want to meet your need. I can't promise you. And mm. then she like got really, really frustrated and like, and, and it's not even with the toilet seat, but with other things, it's like one to two minutes discussing something. And then it's like name calling. And I'm like, no, you're not going to, I'm not going to let you call me that name. That's, mm. that's bullshit. Like you cannot call me stupid. You can't start cussing at me. Like I'm not, I'm not going to stand up. And then she just storms off and slams the door. So one of the things that you got to understand about teachers is they spend their days dealing with small children that they get to boss around. Yeah. Um, usually if they deal with smaller kids, like kindergarten, grade one, you know, uh, it's a lot different. Yeah. That's, like, that's like where she is also. Yeah. So, so if it's age. the younger kids, like she's basically hurting cats and she yeah. thinks that they're incompetent. You know, they're incapable. <laughs> they're small. Yeah, that's I mean, like, how she communicates to me. Right. Too, like, so, you know, so, so she's looking at you the same way. Like she's looking at you like her, her kid. Right. And when that happens, intimacy drops, uh, if not completely off the table, but definitely drops, you know, to well below levels that you experience pre-marriage with all the crazy monkey sex hanging from the chandeliers and stuff like that. Right. So that starts to go away. Then she beta ties you. Then she starts to take away some of your rights and privileges. Like when you want to wear a hat, you know, what kind of shirt you want to wear when you're cutting the lawn. Oh, we, we had this other discussion about we wanted to go to a certain event and she mm -hmm. wanted me to wear a white button down shirt and mm -hmm. I wanted to wear this polo. This is, a, this is like a short sleeve polo, mm -hmm. right? It's in Florida. It's hot and everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I wanted to wear the polo and yeah. she was she wasn't having it. And eventually I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go there by myself. Like, like this is a nice shirt. Like, like, like the white button down is nice, but like that's you want to hear a funny story when when my ex threw um, the engagement party, um, it was in July. It was hot as hell, like humid as hell. And um, she's like, well, what are you going to wear? I'm like, I'm going to wear this shirt and these shorts and these sandals. Well, you can't wear shorts. Why not? Because I said so. It's, you know, because everybody's going to be wearing pants sort of thing. I was like, it's like 40 degrees and humid. I'm wearing shorts. I showed up in shorts. I was the only person there in shorts. I do as I please, right? Like women will shit test you for your competency, you know, to make sure that she feels like she's with the best that she can get. And you've already failed a bunch of those shit tests and she's already beta you. So now she has this condition in her mind, like, well, I can talk to Bob like this, you know, I can call him stupid or I can, you know, tell him, tell him off for not putting the toilet seat in the right direction for, uh, for me as it serves me. So to be to be honest with you, something like this to try to fix it is very hard. I don't even I don't even want to get involved, right? I mean, like, look, if you want to book me privately and we'll do a couple hours of, of coaching, I'm expensive, right? Yeah, I don't have like, that money. People, we have we have a counselor here that he, we go to for counseling. Okay, well, that like clearly this marriage is not working out, right? And you might be red pilled, but if you think that this is going to work out with some other chick, you're still red pill oh. beta. Oh, I'm not getting married again. Like, screw that. Like dating, if, if we, you know, dating, you know, divorced. maybe you invite her in, you get a dog together sort of thing. You know, maybe you change your mind five, 10 years down the road. If you're still the same guy right now, just like the last one, beta ties you because you couldn't stand up for yourself and say, what's wrong with you putting the toilet seat down, you know, the direction that you want. Well, like, what are you bothering like, well, with me with this? So for? She says it's dis it's it's disgusting and nasty when she walks in and sees the toilet seat. up. Yeah. Well, when you guys were dating, did she give you a hard time about the toilet seat? Um, right. I mean, so why the fuck even, is it a problem now? 
I mean, she asked me like towards the beginning of our marriage and like I tried to sometimes. But yeah, but again, when you were dating, was the toilet seat a problem for her? Oh, we, we weren't living together when we were dating. It doesn't matter. She, you know, she came over, you went over to her place, right? Like it wasn't a problem then, right? Now all of a sudden it's a problem. You see what I'm saying, right? right. Like, I don't know why it's... it's like, why wasn't it a problem, you know, for you before? And now it's a problem today, right? Like I got shit I got to do. Like, don't bother me with this. And then you walk away. Like that's how an unplugged alpha would handle it. It's not like bicker and engage in a fight. Like you don't, you don't play like these silly games with them, right? So basically you got more work to do like she like she has to be able to look at you and when you say no she's like okay but if you say no and she's looking at you like one of her kids and like you know you must obey she's going to persist you know if she sees you as beneath her women can't respect a guy unless she you know can look up to him and right now she's feeling like she can't look up to you she's feeling like yeah and that's why she doesn't respect you and that's why she talks down to you and that's why she calls you stupid sort of stuff like that so the work that you got to do on yourself is going to pay dividends, maybe not in this relationship, but probably in the next one. To fix something like this, dude, it's very hard. It's, it's in my view, not worth it. In my view, cut ties. Do you guys have kids? No kids, and she's not pregnant. Cut ties, get divorced, call it a fucking day, go do your teaching job. I'm going to go do my own thing and leave the toilet up when I feel like it. Once you figure yourself out and you level yourself up, you know, you develop yourself as a man, you know, become the unplugged alpha sort of thing, right? Then you'll be in a better position to make better choices with women. But I mean, you got leveling up to do for yourself. Yeah, but that, uh, so, so, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but I think like I sh- I'm a pretty like high value man. Like I have a good, no. Va- good. No. I mean, I have a good job in the aerospace industry. I'm, what did you make I, last year? About 90. Okay, but I mean, like, you look like you're from Amish country still, right? Like, you don't look like the kind of guy that you're going to get. Like, I'm just being honest with you, dude. Like, I've I've seen all the data. You're not looking like the kind of guy that women are going to swipe right on enthusiastically, right? Okay, is it the beard or? It's the beard. It's the look. You don't look, you know, very strong and masculine. I'd get some new glasses and frames, you know, that, Darn. you know, fit your face better. Get some higher index lenses so you don't get quite the bend in the glass sort of thing. Change your style. Yeah, the shirt kind of sucks. Um, how tall are you and what do you weigh? Uh, five, eight, I actually got down to one thirty. I've been doing a lot of exercise. Okay. So you're pretty lean. Yeah. Like super lean. Like my BMI is 19 and I've, I do. I, okay. So gonna... you got to throw some muscle on that frame now, broaden out your, sh- like, look at me. Like I'm like, I'm close to 50 and I'm in better shape than you. Like, how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> See what I'm saying, uh, right? Working like, out just specific just, weightlifting. Just just do the work, right? You know, put in the reps. Uh, I would join a dojo, learn how to be lethal, right? Like when you start fighting and you start punching people and you start sparring and shit like that and you knock a guy in the head, that feels fucking good, okay? Like it's mm-hmm. it's going to enhance your confidence, right? So the next time a chick tries to tell you off over a toilet seat or a certain hat that you're going to wear, you're going to be like, shut up. I got other options. If you don't like it, I'll just call up so-and-so, right? Right. You see what I'm saying, right? Be, you know, yeah. because you have other options, because you're a stronger high, like a lot of people call themselves high value men, but they're not like mm-hmm. do beautiful women that you want to be with. Look at you as a high value guy. Do they, do they chase you down? Are they blowing up your phone saying, Hey Bob, what are you doing this weekend? Can you help me out with the, what? you know, I mean, not, <laughs> not, not, now that I'm married, I haven't. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, women would rather date a married guy than a guy that lives in his mom's basement. So, The point that I'm making is that, you know, you're calling yourself a certain value, but realistically on the sexual marketplace, when they're looking at you, you're not where you think you are. 
And you're definitely not where you think you are because you're getting shitty results in your marriage. I can always tell what somebody's belief system looks like by the choices they make every day and what they'll tolerate and the results that they get. So if you just reverse engineers of, you know, from the top of the funnel, results, wife's a bitch. She yells at me over the toilet seat, calls me stupid. Okay, well, what choices is Bob making, right? What, what does his belief system look like? That's where the problem is, is your belief system. You, you can start with, you're not a 10 out of 10, bro. Mm -hmm. Darn. You know, I like, I'm not trying to disparage you or, or put no, you down. I, I'm just stating facts, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm happy to take feedback. Yeah. And like, I want you to do the work. Like, I want you to come back in a year with like Jack Tan and Juicy as fuck with a nice ass beard and be like, yo, Rich, you're right, man. All right. The thing is, she was so, she's like so nice, even like, even like just in general, texting, like calling, just having dinner. She's so nice. And then when it just comes to these, nonsense stuff it's just Dude, like what, what my happened? my girlfriend has never called me stupid never I, like yeah not wife, fucking once it would be the last word out of her mouth if she called me fucking stupid like like uh, like like the like the, high value guys don't tolerate bossy disagreeable bitchy women over trivial things so i mean you're saying hey you know she's a nice person and she texts me and she's kind and that sort of stuff yeah teachers are Okay, but she's also calling you stupid and giving you shit over a toilet seat. Ba basic stuff in life. She's and you make double the money that she does. Like, why aren't you running the household? Oh, like, I, I, I think I, I do in terms of, you know. You don't making... because she's yelling at you over the toilet seat, bro. Well, I mean, I do want to, like, validate. Like, if you, she can't, has... you can't even cut the grass wearing the hat that you want. Well, I'm going to tell oh, you right I have, now, the next time you go outside, wear the I, shirt I wore that the you want. Wear the I shirt wore, that you want. Wear the hat that you want. Yeah, I Bob, did, why are you wearing that? I told you it's embarrassing. Shut up. <gasps> you can't talk to me like that. I just did. I'm wearing the hat. It's my hat. I like starts, it. So, so this exact scenario happens, and then she just starts cussing me out and then slamming doors. Dude, I'm it's, telling you, it's, it's next to impossible that. to fix a situation where you've already been betatized, and then you try to reclick. Like, I've unplugged. I see the code in the matrix, Rich. So I'm red pilled. Blah 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 cool but she still sees you as the same guy that she shits on before you were red pilled yeah right so again the work that you need to do on yourself is going to pay dividends for you probably not in this relationship but most definitely with the next one because you start it all begins with frame it all yeah. begins with frame yeah right is she in your frame or are you in her frame and right I now i can me. tell you're in her frame right you think, you think I so, a lot of things she's in my frame like, dude again i've never been called stupid i never get lectured over anything yeah, it's ever it's nonsense. stupid is the least of the insults the insults doesn't matter a lot, it's still an insult a lot worse like no like she she's like insulted me with other cuss words you know sayings and just i've never said anything like that to her you like, get out of life what you tolerate bob Right. So, I mean, like, you know, keep keep doing the marriage counseling bullshit, you know, keep, you know, dealing with the fights. You're going to start to develop a backbone. You're going to not tolerate things. Look, um, if you want to learn more about LTR stuff, uh, I'd probably say find some of Ryan Stone's uh, material. Go to the Red Pill subreddit, um, you know, see what guys are doing to try to reclaim their masculinity and, you know, move from betatization to, you know, alpha credit card sort of thing. But um, I've not seen it be very successful. And even if you are successful, you're still going to be dealing with the same bitch that betatized you, right? I mean, like, like you're still going to have that animosity 
over the process. Yeah. And then just one, one other thing, like I mentioned to her, like I found your channel, mm. she watched one of your videos and I'm and a misogynist. I'm a sexist. Uh, oh, so she said, I've got a small PP. <laughs> she said, you over, she, she said you oversimplify things. Yeah. Okay. And then she's like, I don't want you watching his videos anymore. And I'm like, well, she's going to be I, pissed when she sees this interview. She better not. I don't think she's going to, but you guys know that when you come on my show, it's a live show and it's, and it, and it ends up on the internet. So don't come crying to me when she gets pissed off at you have, have some balls and lift up your skirt and say, yeah, I had that conversation. What are you going to do about it? And I am going to wear the hat and I'm going to wear this shirt. And I'm not going to be listening about toilets. Just move the fucking seat. The amount of time that it takes you to walk over here and complain to me about the seat is stupid. You move the seat in the direction that it needs to be. Don't bother me with this bullshit again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Becky. Thank you so much. Really, really All right, Bob. See you, buddy. Rachel. Continue to listen to your program. All right. You got it. Oh, man. That was a good one. You know, sometimes I'll get into some of the longer ones. I feel for the guy. You know, it's like, fuck. Every, like everything that guys go through today, school, religion, culture, they're all beta factories. You know, they all, it's like, you know, just listen to what she says happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And then you're sitting there getting lectured about toilet seat position. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. A lot of guys in the live chat, Bob, you know, they're saying, tell her to kick rocks, get lost. Um, how to deal with it. There's the door. Uh, tell that wife, you'll go with another chick for dinner with your MAGA hat on. Yeah. You know, create some competition anxiety. Uh, my wife asked me to shave the beard. I said, suck me up for six months daily. I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it. Honestly, guys, stop. Like, you know, look, I know that you've been taught your entire life never to stand up to a woman. I know I've seen all the programming. I've consumed it all, but women don't respect guys that don't stand up to them. Facts. They fucking can't stand them. Uh, marriage counseling is for idiots. I told my marriage counselor to F her dead aunt and walk out and went to F the mistress I was having an affair with. <laughs> uh, high value. I'm not. Chris says you're a three or four on the SMV. That's low. <clears throat> uh, Dude is delusional. Yeah, that was a good segment. I hope Bob applies it. I really do. Let's let's deal with uh, what what Matt's got going on here. Um, all right, Matt, you say how to talk to friends who are getting engaged to train wrecks. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Okay. So you're so you're trying to red pill a buddy that's about to get married to who Bob's married to, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> I have a friend. I was out a New Year's Eve party with them maybe four years ago. And we started talking about our uh, bank accounts. He bought yeah. his Charles Schwab account, you know, $25 million. And I was like, no way, dude. Like the humble, most humble guy ever. Yeah. And um, anyway, so down the road, he gets engaged to this girl. And they just move across the country. And there's like no best man that's going to be in their wedding. It's coming up in September. Um, he doesn't have How a dad. How old is this guy? 25, 24. Wow. Um, okay. 
So it's so like the first age. girl that touched his pee pee. He just he just fell head over heels for. Yeah, basically. Um, she's a pastor, and uh, they just moved across the country, and she stole she? him. She's twenty seven. So she's older. She's older. She's older. Considerably and she's... older. Yeah. Um, I would just, honestly, man, you know, in the past, I would say do this, that, and the other thing. Maybe you'll get to him that way, but I'd never see it go through. So in all in all honesty, read him, you know, read him your last rites and uh, say, hey, you know, it's been good <laughs> to know you. Um, good luck with that marriage. <laughs> so I got one other funny story. So my uh, other friend, he is just proposed to a woman who's 45. And he's also my age, 25. Oh my God. Um, she, guys, man? she, dude, she bought, she bought him a, a Ram TRX. So, <laughs> okay. It's because she bought him a hundred thousand dollar pickup truck. <laughs> like, what do those things have like 707 horsepower? Yeah. I've, I've driven it. It's a beast. They're ridiculous, man. They sound awesome. Yeah. I ha- I was out there for 4th of July. I took my, anyway, took so my he's got a sugar mama that buys him a pickup truck. Yeah. And he puts a, ring on, pickup puts a truck. ring on it. Well, she put a ring on it, basically. I mean, she probably paid for the fucking ring. <laughs> All right, so what's the ask here? So, At least this guy's, you know, got a sugar mama that's buying him toys. Yeah, I work with a guy. I'm trying to, like, you know, reach him before he, like, you know, tries to, you know. I'm just, I'm just trying to reach my friends. You know, that's all I'm trying I to would, do. I would, I would show him a picture of a postmenopausal woman that would, like, find an actress. Pre-menopausal, postmenopausal, and go, hey, look, this is what you're signing up for. Because, I mean, she's right at the precipice. She might even be menopausal. Like, I've I've heard of women in, like, their early 40s, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I left you I, speechless with that one, that's, huh? That's where I'm at, too, man. I guess that's all I got. I don't know. You know, Chris is laughing at that. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, give her, man. You know, like, these guys generally won't listen. Genuinely. Like, hang on, hang on. Bob. Bob's still here. So, Bob. I know that you've been listening. If, yes, if a guy like Matt said to you, hey, Bob, don't get married to that pastor or to that 45-year-old woman when you were engaged, do you think that your like, plugged-in self would have listened? I think that you have to watch. A couple weeks ago, you did like a show on why smart men don't get married. And there is zero, almost zero, maybe some tax benefits, but almost zero benefit to signing up for a marriage contract on the side of the man we know that i put out the podcast you guys watched it we all agree on that the question i have for you though is if matt came at you when you were engaged to your wife and said don't marry that woman would you have listened to him or would you have told him to pound sand no and i think even some people told me just even some like people that i met just told me like just don't get married like if you want to like live with her or whatever have a relationship but once you get married you screw yourself over in the marriage contract again besides for maybe tax benefits for a married couple there's 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 nothing that that marriage contract is going to do for a married man there you go all right thanks bob all right matt you good i'm good yeah sorry man read those last rights got to pour one out for my boys i guess yeah yeah you might have to find some new friends Um, Steph says these guys are looking for mothers, not wives. So he's, you know, he's right because, you know, when you like only mothers would be like, Hey, you know, Billy put down the toilet seat, you know, sort of thing. So when a chick starts talking to you like that, she's basically mothering you. And if you're accepting it, you're basically behaving like a kid. 
women don't want to deal with a man child, right? Like they want wives will take direction from a man. Like mothers, like they don't want to deal with a man child. They just hate it. They just, it just bothers them, right? It's one of the things that drives them freaking annoying. Uh, Greg says, did I see a gym clip of you wearing Tevas? Uh, what's a Teva? I've never heard of a Teva. Uh, there was a gym clip that I posted on Instagram. I'm, I'm starting to show, you know, some more of my workouts and stuff. Cause you guys are always asking. So I'm just throwing them up there on, on stories from time to time. Uh, I was wearing, I think a white tank and just some shorts. I don't know what a Teva is. Uh, W2F also two guys from the gym stopped me the other day. Ask about your show. They recently saw us chatting on sort of a flight club, but no, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Listen, guys, you know, when you come on my show, when you call in, it's free. You're helping me, you know, create content, obviously, but just understand that it's public, right? So anybody can see it. Um, best show ever. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Um, I think we're good, man. Um, we've gotten through pretty much all the callers. It was, it was a blast. It was nice talking to Bob. Bob, you know, all the best with that uh, situation. It's, it's going to be difficult for you. Uh, is a shoe. Oh no. The shoes that I usually wear are, um, zeros. They're, um, barefoot shoes. They're uh, flat shoes, super comfortable. They're great for driving. So, um, I like wearing those for like long drives in the supercar. So this week I'm probably going to have some, uh, scheduled stuff come out, but I'm going to be on the rally, uh, Wednesday to Monday. I'll be all down through the, uh, U S if you see me in person, say hi, obviously. Um, I'm going to try to get some clips for you. We'll put some stories out on Instagram to show you a little bit about rally life. Maybe I'll do a video and ask guys, would it be cool if I asked guys what they did to buy their supercars? Maybe that would be a fun set, set of questions to ask them and put it on plane to win or something. But uh, yeah, so I don't think I'll be doing a show next Monday night. I might have to take that night off depending on how quick I get back. So, you know, keep an eye out on your feed for it, but make sure you're subscribed to this channel because going forward, this is the only channel where I'll be publishing the Unplugged Alpha podcast. Um, it's not the Gumball Rally. The Gumball was uh, about a month before. This is the Ace of Spade Rally, so you can look that up. Um, there's an Instagram page uh, publishing all kinds of stuff on it. So it'll be fun. Anyway, hope you guys have an awesome night. You enjoy the broadcast. Give it a thumbs up for the algorithms and leave a comment below. We'll see you guys.